Welcome to Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife. Whether you're a competitive ballroom dancer, a social dancer, or someone simply wanting to learn more about the fascinating world of ballroom dancing, this podcast is for you. So grab yourself a cup of joe and join me for episode two, Dancing Classrooms. Joining me today to share their passion for dancing classrooms are Nancy Cleaver and Yang Chen. Nancy is the executive director of Dancing Classrooms, a nonprofit organization dedicated to making the world a better place by teaching children how to social partner dance. Prior to her work with Dancing Classrooms, Nancy held multiple positions, culminating in more than two decades of making arts learning equitable for all children. Inspired by Dancing Classroom students who were forced to learn virtually during the COVID pandemic, Nancy dusted the cobwebs from her own dancing shoes, and rumor has it she can't wait to hit the dance floor to showcase her skills. Young sits on the Dancing Classroom's Board of Trustees. He is an attorney in New York City who left private practice to become the executive director of the Asian American Bar Association of New York. Young began dancing while he was in law school more than 30 years ago, but I promise he hardly looks old enough for that to be true. He is a member of USA Dance and has served the organization as a volunteer in many roles, including 20 years on the board of the Greater New York Chapter, national president from 2014 to 2015, as a member of the competition organizing team for the Manhattan Amateur Classic, and as a master of ceremonies for many USA Dance and Collegiate Ballroom competitions. Young spells his first name Y-A-N-G, but he pronounces it Young, as in dancing keeps you young. Nancy and Young, thank you so much for taking a coffee break with me today. Thank you. I would love to get some history on Dancing Classrooms. When was it founded? I know it it wasn't originally Dancing Classrooms. Can you tell me a little bit about the history? Sure, uh, Antoinette. So I first became aware of Dancing Classrooms when it was still the American Ballroom Theater, which was uh, Pierre Delaney's project to bring um, ballroom to the theater stage. And then a few years later, uh, that became Dancing Classrooms. Um, And it was a program that went into the New York City schools to teach um, school children, you know, how to uh, become great dancers and um, improve their social and emotional learning in, in, in the same process. So I've been a strong supporter of Dancing Classrooms from for a long time. I've been to their annual gala, I, I've lost count of how many years now. Um, so Nancy, um, do you wanna fill in some of the other history? Absolutely. Um, and as Young said, the purpose of Dancing Classrooms um, in Pierre, Pierre's mind and the founding teaching artists he worked with was really to bring something that transformed him as a young person um, to underserved communities um, and kids that really need these extracurricular opportunities. Um, And as you know, Antoinette and Young, nothing really makes you feel confident, um, secure in your own body, 
um, understanding how others kind of how to relate with others uh, better than social and partner dance. And um, immediately, Pierre found the transformative effects that ballroom and social dance could have in kids as young as 10 years old. And so that's really what led to the amazing movie we all know and love, Mad Hot Ballroom. Right, right. Experience. I just watched it again this morning. It's such a great it's, movie. Um, it's a great movie. And it's still true to the spirit of the work today. Even now, we're approaching almost 20 years since that movie was made. And, um, and kids go through a transformation, you know, every time the program has evolved, obviously, we're 20 years older now. Um, but um, every time a child kind of comes into contact with our teaching artists, and that music turns on, and they learn how to um, extend their hand to a partner, something changes for them. And they may not become dancers for the rest of their lives, although many do, um, it, it does change their perspective and change their relationships with their classmates. It, yeah, it's and, so, and, yeah, go and, ahead, I'm Antoinette, sorry, Young. Um, no worries. Uh, Antoinette, um, so you mentioned in my bio that I didn't start dancing until law school, so I came to it very late in life. And everything that Nancy just mentioned about how dancing um, transforms a person and gives them um, confidence um, and teamwork and ability to work with a partner, all those great things I took, you know, from my earliest uh, ballroom dance lessons in law school. So I always thought, wow, you know, how great would it be if I had been exposed to this much earlier in my life and, and how much of an impact it could have had. So that's why I'm passionate about the mission of Dancing Classrooms and why I'm, I'm proud to be uh, serving on the board today. You know, and that's so true. That's true for me. I was actually 53 when I started dancing. So I was even older than you, Young. Um, and gosh, if we, if we only started dancing sooner. Let's circle back around to Mad Hop Ballroom. I'm curious, has there been any effort dedicated to remaining in touch with those children who were featured in that film? I mean, many of those kids were from underserved and marginalized communities, and I think it would be fascinating to find out now, nearly 20 years later, the effects dancing may have had on their lives as compared to, say, their peers who didn't have the opportunity or, or perhaps chose not to be part of the program? That's a great question. And we are in touch with a lot of alumni of the program. I mean, think about the thousands and thousands of young people in New York City that, right. that we've worked with. And um, and we are. One of them has actually been um, my ballroom teacher named James Rapetti. <laughs> he <laughs> grew up. And um, he became, you know, a competitor and then a coach and teacher. And I took lessons from him during the pandemic and we'll take a drop in class now and then. Um, but the organization has stayed in touch with them and not only um, the students, um, but the schools as well. We have long term partnerships with the schools. All of the schools in that movie are still working with us. And oh, wow. um, yeah, and especially, you know, a, a number of the kids that were, were featured in the film came from the Washington Heights, upper Manhattan area right. of New York City. And we have a very close relationship with that district. In fact, we've been partnering a kindergarten through second grade um, part, uh, program over the last couple of years with them. So um, we're still very close to these communities. Well, that's a great segue into my next question. I know that Dancing Classrooms has really evolved over the last 30 years, and you have well more programs than just, you know, the school year 10-week program that was featured in the film. What other programs 
does dancing classrooms offer for students? And is it is it more than just, you know, the fourth and fifth grade kids? Yeah, thank you for asking. And, you know, a lot of program growth was accelerated during the pandemic, quite frankly. We needed to pivot everything we were doing so that we could continue to be there for young people and keep them moving and connected and joyful and well, right? And so during that time, we heard from our school partners that they needed more for kids during the after school time and in those really uh, younger grade levels, right? I mean, these kids who are in kindergarten, first and second grade now, they started their school journeys in preschool online. Can you imagine that? They missed out on all of that critical social emotional learning that you have to do in the early years in order to get how school works, right? And so they begged us to come in and work with them and do the things that we're really good at, which is partnering, respect, listening, teamwork. Um, And so from that came the Dancing with Rhythms and Stories program that um, we now have in about 50 classrooms and we have a long waiting list for next year. And then we also provide um, partner and social dance clubs after school through other um, community providers. So um, we're, you know, in everything, you know, doing salsa and Latin dance in a middle school after school to Lindy Hop at another, um, at another school. Um, So we're really trying to use all of the expertise we have in the amazing instructors we have on our team to bring more social and partner dance out into the world and reach more kids. But by and far, Antoinette, our fourth and fifth grade intro to social dance, the Mad Hop Ballroom experience is still our most popular. Really? Yes. Yes. (laughs) And now you talk about your, um, your dancing classroom, those opportunities, are those volunteer opportunities? Are those paid positions for instructors? No, those are, those are paid, um, and, and highly skilled and, and, and qualified individuals, people who, um, who really know how, um, how to teach and, and are ca- talented and engaging and understand the developmental ages of the kids that we're working with. We have um, a very, uh, ve- very well um, honed curriculum. And so when we hire teaching artists, they are trained by us and they're supported throughout their journey as educators. But right. Young, maybe you can talk a little bit about our volunteer opportunities, which I know you're about to step into as a buddy TA. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to um, uh, going to my first uh, buddy lesson. And um, I actually, I uh, guess, was trained early this year uh, on that. Uh, it was a very cold day in February in New York, uh, but it was, uh, very, it was very worthwhile to have made that trip into um, um, the, the, the new studio there, um, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Parentuan's new studio, and uh, get trained from, and just actually seeing, you know, the, the teaching artists at work and the kind of um, methodology they apply. And uh, it was very interesting. Um, they they use a, a pizza analogy if you can imagine it, uh, you know they. I'm Italian, so of, I can I can. Okay, there you go. So they, <laughs> they talked about the the line of dance of the pizza, and sometimes you're stepping into the cheese, and sometimes you're stepping on the crust, and that's a way of talking about stepping to the side, you know, to the left or to the right, and so forth. And it was um you know it was very intriguing. And let's see um, the pancakes. Uh, maybe Nancy, you can explain the pancakes a little better. I sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, our teaching artists employ. 
a lot of uh, uh, visual imagery in our curriculum so that um, young people, especially especially those who are not native, native English speakers, right? So that they really can understand, um, you know, the dance uh, instructions and for kids who've never danced before, you know, um, it also kind of takes away some of the 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 heebie-jeebies around um, touching one another. If right. you say, okay, our hands are our pancakes, and let's see if we can put our pancakes on top of each other, right? It makes it silly and fun, um, right? And uh, and less of a less of a big deal, right? Um, so so our teaching artists are, are highly skilled and trained, and and they're paid employees. But there are volunteer opportunities to be what we call buddy TAs, which Young is going to be doing this spring, and uh, and I I welcome your listeners who who are skillful dancers and want to um, want to contribute to our organization buddy teaching to be a budding teaching artist a buddy teaching artist comes into the classroom in the middle of a residency and shows the kids what it looks like when oh, two wow. skilled so and they dance with our teaching artists and they show the kids what the dances can really look like if they keep at it and it's oh, um, wow. it's a great way for kids to meet adults who keep dancing throughout their lives, whether they're professional dancers or they do it, you know, as a hobby, um, I think it's a great introduction to how this art form can stay with you and enrich you um, as you grow. Well, no I matter what you end up doing. Yeah, I will definitely um, put links um, for people interested in volunteering as. as Buddy partners. Um, I will put a link in the show notes when this goes uh, live. And I usually put lots of information in those show notes. So that's something I'm making a note right now to make sure I do that. All right, let's pivot a little bit. Mad Hot Ballroom fundraiser. (laughs) That's coming up April 26th. Am I correct? That's it. That's That's right. All right. uh, At at the Edison Hotel uh, in Times Square. Okay. right, Right in the heart of New York City. And how does a person get tickets? Go to dancingclassrooms.org. Okay. And right on our homepage, you'll see a banner that will take you to get tickets or allow you to donate or allow you to bid on some really fabulous silent auction items. So if you're not in town, if you can't make it to the event, you can still get in on the action. And I would love to continue this dialogue with you. Um, Okay. But honestly, that's, that's 15 minutes. And I promised my listeners that I would never consume more than 15 or 20 minutes of their time. So uh, that's really guys... all we have time for today. Unless there's anything you'd like to say to wrap up. Well, Antoinette, can you still hear me? Because I think I dropped. I can hear you. Yes, oh, you're, great. you're there. Um, well, I just wanted to quickly ask Nancy if she could mention some of the honorees. Um, because, yes, um, you know, one of the honorees is, um, you know, Max Pankowski, who we all know from Dancing with the Stars. But you know, before he was on Dancing with the Stars, he was himself an amateur competitor and he was a champion at the MAC many, many years ago. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting honored. But uh, Nancy, maybe yeah. you can talk a little more about why. Oh, he's yeah. Who, who are the honorees have, at this have, year's gala? We have great honorees this year. Yes. Uh, the Chmokovsky, um family. Uh, they're being honored with the Humanitarian Award for starting the Ukraine relief organization called Baranova 27. Um, So uh, we're honoring them. We're honoring uh, dancer um, Marissa Hamamoto for um, her founding of Infinite Infinite Flow Dance, which incorporates uh, disabled and um, and, and neurotypical and and able-bodied dancers in her dance company. Uh, And we're also honoring 
um, the wonderful uh, Tariq Doral Ramos, who's one of our alumni who's gone on to create his own dance and arts education organization oh, in the wow. Lower East Side, who's wonderful. Um, and did I cover everyone? Did I get everybody? I, I think, think I did. did. I think you did, Missy. And I, I, I also want to give a, a special shout out to um, Dwayne Beach, who's going to be one of the MCs, I believe. Yes. And, and Michaela Malazzi. And, um, and Dwayne actually is a former uh, USA Dance um, uh, competitor. And I think he might have been a rhythm champion. Wow. This is kind of how, you know, the, the, the two worlds collide. Really does. I mean, the ballroom community is a small community. Anyway, thank yes. you both. I really right. appreciate your taking the time to have a coffee break with me today. Have a great rest of the day, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're enjoying Coffee Break with the Dancing Housewife, click the share button, leave us a review, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next time, keep on dancing. <laughs>